Hello everyone, we are back for another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific and again with me today I have Paul Morrow, he is from the Men's Empowerment Network. I interviewed Paul at the end of last year, I think it was episode 70. Um, He runs a great network at really looking at how he and um, other men can particularly empower men to be good dads because we believe that when men are good fathers then that builds strong families strong communities and strong nations so um, there's never been a more important time in history to empower our men um, as well so thank you paul for coming back with us today thank you for having me back Yeah, no, I I just love your work. Today we're going to have a conversation around how to prepare our daughters to live healthy um, relationships, how to have healthy relationships, uh, whether it's going to be now or into the future. Um, I'm just not sure that we are preparing uh, our children, and we're going to do another episode later um, on another day on how to prepare your sons, but preparing Daughters is very different from preparing sons. Um, Now, on the weekend, Paul, I did a survey on my public Facebook page. I have about 24,000 followers. Uh, The majority, probably 75% of those people are Fijians. So I ran a poll asking um, who should be teaching our children um, around healthy sex dating and marriage and I gave some options uh, parents church school and overwhelmingly um, almost 70% said parents which I, I think that's right it should start then they should be supported by the church and uh, school community and other communities but then the next day I ran another poll and I asked who do you think is having the greatest influence on your children when it comes to educating them on sex dating and marriage <laughs> You know, only 3% said parents. Um, uh, Overwhelmingly, it was social media, friends and pornography. Um, And again, I think people are are, are honest. So we want the parents to have the biggest influence, but the reality is they're not. Um, And that's been, I guess, uh, uh, my experience here in Australia, but particularly even more so in Fiji with the culture of taboo, silence and And there's two reasons why I think parents don't feel like they are equipped or they don't know what to do or say necessarily. They were never taught. They weren't parented well. And then part of it is their own story and their own shame. And maybe they really messed up in this area and feel like failures. And so what do they have to give? And they're just hoping for the best. But hoping for the best is not producing good results. So we today are going to have an intentional conversation and hopefully equip parents, both mums and dads, how to equip your daughters now. If they're at the age of eight or 18, we need to be preparing them for life. But one of the most important areas of life is um, dating, relationships, marriage, sex. So Paul, thank you. That's a bit of an introduction there, but thank you for being here. First of all, You've got three daughters, so tell us um, a little bit about them. Thank you, Leticia. Um, you know, one of the uh, reasons I started this uh, with, with me and Ely started the Men Empowerment Network is kind of selfish too, because um, we started it with the intention of um, trying to ensure that our daughters, who are going to become wives in the future, meet up with the right type of men. 
And so we wanted to train the men so that they can at least have some good men out there for them to choose from. So um, I have three daughters. Um, uh, our daughters, uh, one of them is entered into her teens. And uh, they are all, um, um, one is 10, one is um, uh, 12. Um, then the other is going to be 14. So um, my relationship with my daughters is I've, I've tried my best to keep a relationship that is um, open, healthy, and at the same time um, for me to be present in their space at uh, all times that I can be able to do that. Eh? And what you just shared is an important uh, aspect because many people say parents should be teaching the kids, uh, children, uh, especially about sex education. Eh? But then again, you said it so truly, many parents, their parents never taught them because we are not well equipped. And um, uh, there's a fine line, really, because when you look at the Western culture in developed countries, they're too open. Uh, then you look at our country, there's too much, uh, well, we're coming out of it, but you know, there's taboo. Eh? And there needs to be a strike, a good balance. And that's what we have been uh, trying to do for over these years, trying to get a good balance on how to teach uh, certain skills. And one of them being uh, sex education. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to pick up on that point, um, the Western world, we are too open. <laughs> the problem, though, um, now is many of uh, we we live in a global culture, so even though the Fijian teenagers they they're growing up still in a Fijian culture, but they're exposed to a global culture online, um, and and the things that I've heard um, as I've engaged with many teenagers in Fiji, I've done a lot of speaking in school that they're, they're exposed to the, the Western culture, <laughs> so they already they're learning a lot of stuff, um, and so. Trying to find this fine line, um, somehow we, we've got to learn to be more open um, and speak up about some of these things because they're already exposed to it. Um, it's a shock if if I told you some of the things that I've heard young Fijian men and women tell me. So you've been, I, I love that you started the Men's Empowerment Network for selfish reasons, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that um, at all. We've got to, if you know, our, our complaint is our vision. So if we see, if we have a complaint, there's no good men for our daughters, well, that gives us a vision of what God wants us to do, doesn't it? Now, for you, did you feel like um, your parents, did you feel like they spoke to you about these issues growing up or what has equipped you now to speak to your daughters? My parents, no. Um, this relationship and... Uh, um, relationship with the opposite sex has always been something that I had to learn just like um, most of us at, at this age eh? we had to learn either from friends or from uh, social media uh, we learned that eh? now when you ask what has equipped me for this uh, this um, for this transition that I'm uh, trying to um, um, trying to share with the girls eh? and even the boys I believe one of the greatest equipment for me is that I have come into enlightenment with the word of God. And that has been able to me, because one thing that I found with the word of God, it, it cuts through the, the church and outside the church, the body of Christ, and also the secular world. It can be applied. 
in both it can be applied throughout it eh? so that's that's what has equipped me and my own personal life experiences and the mistakes i have made and the solutions that i have found out on the go so i just learn as i go and i've seen and when you said believe me i won't uh, when you said that i you i won't believe what these people have said trust me i already heard most of those things also and i totally understand what you have been what they've been exposed to eh? yeah yeah so um everything's open whether we like it or not unfortunately yeah, yeah so the word of god is a great equipper Sometimes I feel like we make things too spiritual. And again, um, I've grown up in the church, not my church. I've been in a brilliant church. But, you know, you hear a lot of sermons, remain pure, remain pure. <laughs> well, you don't need to date. But no one's telling the young people how. It's almost yeah. this condemning message. Uh, well, you know, and I've had Fijian girls come up to and ask me, how have you remained a virgin? What does that look like, you know? Um, and I don't quote back scriptures. Like God actually gives us practical ways, you know. So having a purpose is really important to being pure. Exercising, um, looking after myself, uh, not watching, you know, a whole bunch of romance movies. Um, there's practical things. So sometimes I, I think we just quote too much scripture verse, which is not equipping our kids. So before you said uh, one of what you do with your daughters is get into their space, um, which I think is a really important practical um, tool because the presence of dads around their daughters. So what does that look like? What does getting into daughters' space look like, Paul? Well, first of all, um, you know, what we teach our young men and fathers is that uh, there are different stages of being a father. Uh, when in the initial stages, you are the authority mm. and the child, you are the world to your daughter. Mm. Then there comes a stage when you have to let go of that authority and become a friend and a guide. Then there comes a stage where you have to be a supporter, supporting your daughter. So these, these stages, many men don't understand. They, as their daughters start their own lives, most fathers still want to hold authority over them. But that authority stage is gone. It's usually in the initial stages. When your daughter's young, you need to be in their space because they trust you. You give them guidance and all authority is taken from you. And they need something. They come and ask for permission. But when they become teenagers, that is when you need to be their friend and their guide. And this is an important part because one uh, important aspect is Unfortunately, in the initial stages, when the girl is, when the daughter is still a baby, toddler, going up to primary school, most of the fathers at that time have still, unfortunately, not matured up enough. I know that because I was one of them. You know, we spend most of our time partying. And by the time we reach our 30s and 40s and we have matured up, and now we want to come back into our daughter's life and impl implement that authority. Our daughters are teenagers. So that's not authority stage. That's a friendship stage. So that's why there's a lot of clash. So you still want to have authority of your daughter, but your daughter doesn't need that authority anymore. The time she needed that was when we were partying outside. Mm. You see? So these are the different stages that men need to understand. And even coming into marriage life, you know, as a father, when your child gets married, you need to respect that. You don't 
uh, keep on telling your daughters, you know, you need to come home, you have a family function, you need to respect her space and you need to support her, you know. But before that, my daughter, is, uh, come back to your question, my daughter is now in the teens. So when I said a friend, that's who I am to my daughter. Um, I talk with her, we sit over tea and, uh, you know, we share a joke with her, uh, laugh about it. She always asks about, you know, Dad, why don't you get me one of those smartphones? I said, yeah, I can, I can get you a smartphone, you know, like your grandma's phone. And she bursts out laughing because her grandma still has the button phones. <laughs> and then I make a light joke with her. And I said, well, you'll get an extra button. And she laughs about it. So one way you can get into our daughter's space is, you know, it's something that's not forced upon it's something that you you spend a light moment with them, talking with them, joking with them. At the same time, knowing that you also have, you are also still their father. So still they cannot overstep that line, but they know that that line is not as thick as it was when they were small. Mm -hmm. Now it's become thinner and dad has become someone I can confide in, talk to. And, you know, starting off... You don't start off a relationship with your daughter and say, you know, I want to talk to you about boyfriends. No. You get involved in their life and say, hey, what did your teacher tell you about uh, in school today? Let's look at your work, schoolwork. So they start to let you into their space through just those small talks. You know, how was your day today in school? Who's your friend? And you need to know their friends. Because when you say, hey, how was uh, Mary today? Did she come to school today? Oh, yeah, Mary was here in school. So you need to know that as a father. And these are important um, phases in the life of a girl. And because most girls will look for a man that somehow symbolizes, depicts their father. You know, because you are their first love, their first man, the first husband they have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they will be looking for someone who portrays you, similar to you, right? Eh? For my sake, I want someone who's better than me. <laughs> but, you know, um, that, that's how I, I, I do things with my, my, my girls. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes they come to me, then their mom. So then I go and talk to their mom about it. And she says, hey, why don't they come to me about it? But that's because I have created this space with, with, with my daughters. Eh? And um, together with my wife and myself as a father into their lives, and like I said, don't go straight into sex education, into puberty and all of this. Start small. Get into their schoolworks, know their friends, what color dress they wear, uh, what is their favorite color. Do you know your daughter's favorite color? Do you know who's your daughter's best friend? You know, and these are the ways that we get involved in their lives. And most men, like I said, they mature late. When By the time they hit 40, they start to become mature. They say, okay, now I'm going to take my response, my father role more in more responsibly and I'm going to go back home. And when they, I mean, I'm going to take more, uh, I'll spend more time at home. And when they do that, their daughters are already 20 or 16 or 18, 22, and they've lost that time. But, but there is a way to scaffold it, you know, so to speak. There is a way. And that's what we teach these young men. There's a way that we can get back and try to balance it out before it's too late. Yeah. And uh, that's what we uh, intend, and that's what we teach um, to uh, fathers and daughters, and to parents especially. Yeah? 
and on how to behave and how to be that support system for your child. You know, sometimes the in-laws become the outlaws because they over uh, intrude yeah. <laughs> into the family. Yeah? Exactly. yeah, thank you. I love that, Paul. You've made it really simple. You know, when we're talking about preparing our daughters for healthy relationships. I mean, you're modeling what healthy is. Um, and sometimes we think we've got to set up all these rules. You're not dating till you're 16 or you're not doing this or that. Um, and some of that may be needed. Um, but you're getting into this space, creating that relationship where she feels safe. Um, and a girl's sense of self-worth comes from her father. So if she knows that she is loved and adored by her father, she's less likely to be looking to Johnny. <laughs> so already you're filling that that void in her life um, and you're teaching her what men should be, um, which is, yeah. So what you've done is not necessarily a program. It's just fathering. It's been present. It's not been out drinking all night or just laying down the law you're you're drawing her in rather than pushing her out which is beautiful um so i mean your daughters are still youngish are you beginning to have conversations around boys are they asking you questions or is that um still in the future yet yeah yeah we um right now i'm uh um, not on, um, you know, like I'm saying, like we uh, feed it in slowly. Eh? As for now, we talk about boys and talk about girls. And uh, then they sometimes ask me about, uh, because like you said, social media is so strong. Eh? Ask me, do you, did you know about, they, they named some singer, broke up with a husband and so forth. And I don't know the singers that they're naming. Eh? The young generation will know. And, you know, then that, I sit down and I talk with them and, Session, but you know just turn to them and say you know that's how life is sometimes uh things like that happen in our relationship uh, the man goes and uh, he starts another life with another woman you know because love of the world and love according to god is different for the world it's an action for god god is love so you know those small moments and then we go on again and she goes on with whatever she's doing and i go on. then later on down the stage when these questions when they ask these questions I use it as a as a teaching moment, eh? teaching moment. And uh, but one of the things that I would like to touch back on is what you said. What cause, uh, like you said, how did how were you able to be a virgin all this time? And one of the key words that you said was a purposeful life, and that is something that I drive into my daughters. You know, if you have a purposeful life, um, you know, um, you won't have time to collect all this information that's that's really unnecessary. Um, all these, some of these TikToks that you really don't need. Eh? Uh, just having that purposeful life. And um, yeah, so I'm opening the door with them. We're talking about it. We're talking about it. And uh, yeah, you know, still uh, having fun with it. One of the things that I try not to do is try not to make it so formal. Where you sit down and she's on the other side of the table and said, look, uh, I want to speak with you about this and so forth. So what it can be done, our conversation can be done when we rake in the yard or mm -hmm. when we are, are sweeping the house and or when she's uh, getting angry on me for something and then I'm just laughing and joking with her. Then she asks me that question and we just talk about it. Yeah. yeah. But it has to be, it has to be talked about. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Has to be. 
Um, and especially the topic of sex. Um, again, you know, when I talk to a lot of Fijian women in their 30s and 40s who would say they've probably failed in that area, um, you know, I said, well, what what did your parents, how did they set you up? Well, they just told me not to do it. <laughs> don't do it, don't, which doesn't help because that generally means they're going to. So what what are some proactive conversations we can have with our daughters, particularly under, helping them understand how men work because men are very different. <laughs> and, um, you know, Johnny, when he says I love you, might have a bit more of an intention. So what what are some conversations that parents can have with their teenage daughters to help prepare them um, rather than just saying don't do it? Yeah, one of the what one one of the the skills that our young girls have to have is this. Um, first of all, this like you just so uh, rightly put it, the trust. Eh? So because they have a fatherly figure who's always involved in their life, they won't be falling for anybody who says "I love you" so easily. Secondly, you know, girls. I have a friend of mine. Uh, who teaches his daughter, and he 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 is a volunteer with the Men Empowerment Network. He teaches his daughter um, skills, certain skills. He's um, kind of frenetic. He says certain skills to tell if somebody's lying. Um, <laughs> he even teaches her boxing, self-defense, yeah. and um, you know she she just got married last year. Got married a virgin um, last year, and I, I was we were invited to her wedding. And my, my friend, he brought her his daughters up this way. Um, he teach them and talk to them about uh, boys. And this is one good way. You know, you, you talk to them about boys and, and girls and how boys operate and how girls perceive things. And one of the greatest ways that I always teach my children and I want them to do is I want them to be able, whatever happens, for them to be able to come back and talk to us about it, mm-hmm. not to hide it whatever happens for them to be able to come and open up. That is one of the, one of the uh, greatest, uh, one of the characters that I want my daughters to have. So if they've made a mistake, come back and talk about it. Or if something has happened, come back and talk about it. So when we talk to young girls, because as an educator myself in school, one of the things that we have gender classes in our, in our Christian school, one of the things that we tell our young girls is for them to be able to um, see a character, uh, to be able to identify um, a genuine character. And that's not an easy thing to do, eh? a genuine character. Not to be able to be bought so easily by things. Uh, Because I know, for instance, uh, Leticia, uh, sometimes... Uh, men uh, top up their phone, give them a new phone, recharge, and and then all of a sudden they're asking them for sex and so forth. Eh? And the girl feels um, uh, that she has to because she's been uh, given so much eh? uh, money, giving them spending money. So these are the things that we ask our girls, we train, we teach our girls, and even my daughters, to be very, very mindful. Um, yeah, it, it's... Not a, so much a tangible skill that you can see, but it, it's a skill that's really needed. In the body of Christ, we'd call it the discernment skill, being able to discern with the Holy Spirit. In the secular world, I guess you'd say, you know, having this detective skill, where you are able to detect someone is lying, someone is only buttering you up, 
someone is something that they're seeing there's just something not right about them yeah yeah Yes, it's it's important and that's a big thing that I teach girls is the red flags and the green flags and part of a red flag is does his words and his actions match. So this is, again, discernment, you know, is what he says and what he does, <laughs> not just over a week but over a year. Like you want to, because um, quite often guys, they're, they're good at putting on a show for a little while um, but being able to, it is discerning, isn't it, um, playing smarter. Um, but and and that's where you know because if a girl doesn't have a good father who gets in her space who develops this relationship she is just desperate for love. <laughs> Every girl wants to know, am I loved? And if if the number one man at home, uh, dad, isn't um, doing that, then she's on a search high and low, um, and she's not going to be discerning at all. So. Um, this is where what you're doing is so important for maybe mothers who are watching this and they're single mothers, you know, mm. they've got daughters on their own and they're thinking, well, how do we get good men into the life of my daughter? Um, what, what would you suggest for single mothers? You know, for single mums, it's, it's, a, it's a, um, a different um, a track altogether because uh, mothers and daughters, most of the time there's always a clash between mothers and daughters. Um, so when we are single moms, we play both roles, eh? father and mother. So one of the, um, one, the first thing that I would, you know, suggest for any single mom is to, because single moms, uh, Leticia, you would know this, they become very overprotective mm -hmm. because they are, they, are, they are the only ones supporting them and you can't blame them for that. Eh? But one of the things is to allow their, to, allow, to let their daughters allow them also into their space, get more involved, get more involved in their life, and at the same time, speak to them about the experiences. Because being a single mom, you must have had your husband who left you or your husband who passed away. And these are experiences that need to be shared to your daughters. Mm. You know, you look at, look at uh, talk to them from a, as an, talk to them as a friend, not as a teacher talking down to the child. You know, as a single mom, you would be able to tell them, look, you know, I started a relationship. For example, I started a relationship with the dad. I thought it was everything. I thought it was the world to me. And this is what happened. You know, but you got to keep on moving. But I just want to learn. I want you to learn from some of the things that I have made. You know, some of the mistakes that I have made. Some mm -hmm. of the choices that I have made that is uh, not correct, you know. Rather than telling them, well, you know, I don't want you to end up like me in such a way, yeah. It's, it's how they present it to them because they have a wealth of knowledge and many times this wealth of knowledge is dumped onto the child. Yeah. You know, and the child doesn't take it that easily. So letting them into the space, sharing them with experiences and then giving them what you said, you know, those red flags and, and the green flag situations. Eh? Yeah. And I think also um, finding a community where there are healthy men. Um, oh, yeah. Church church communities, although um, some men aren't always healthy in church either, but there are some great churches that I know of, which I'd be very happy to direct people to in Fiji because um, the church has got to be a family as well. Um, and hopefully our own uncles and aunties and wider families. What role, um, you know, the role of just modelling 
that you and your wife are doing daily. You know, again, I know you're not per- none of us are perfect as parents, but just how you interact with your wife, how important is that in preparing your daughters um, for, for the future? It's vital. It's crucial. It's vital. It's important. Uh, the reason being is you are drum. You and your wife, like your husband and your wife, you are dramatizing. You are putting in a drama for them every day that they watch. It's very, very important. Mm. And I sometimes remind my wife, "Hey, look, you know, if we are in a, we have a strife or a disagreement, you know, um, in front of the kids, we have to even, you know, I'm, we've come to a stage now." Where that's very little, but in front of the kids and even without the kids, we've got to learn to speak, you know, at a tone that's that's how 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 we how we let's just say this: we solve our issues in a civil way, in a civil manner, and this is very important because the child watches this every day. Even the simple my waking up and saying to my wife, "Good morning, love." How are you? Even for me, making her tea and making her coffee and she's sitting down with her feet up and I'm bringing that to her. You know, accent speaks louder than words. My daughters are watching, my children are watching, that this is how we treat each other or vice versa. She does that for me, you know. And in my home, my family knows that I love to get involved in everything. So if there's cooking, I'm helping her with the cooking or whatever in the house that's that, that needs to be done. I, I like to get involved in that. And it's when you're asking me how important it is, it's very, very crucial. It's one of the most crucial things because that drama that's played before the child on a 24-7 basis, this is how the child is going to portray their life in the future. So that's why the husbands and wives, have a, they have so much responsibility. We have so much responsibility on our shoulders as fathers and mothers, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I've got to say, um, as a single woman, there have been men who have been interested in me, but uh, I've watched how they interact with women. And because I've grown up with a brilliant mum and dad as well and watched how they interact, I know how a healthy man should treat a healthy woman. And so when I see a man who likes me not doing the same, well, that's, to me, it's no, I'm not going to. I know how I should be treated and what you're doing is not what I want to be treated like. So goodbye, Molly. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so again, you know, it's, um, it's the modeling, it's getting in the space. It's yeah. Being a proactive uh, parent that yeah, can go from authoritarian to being, being your, your child's friend doesn't mean that you still can't say yes or no to them. Um, I think that's important to know as well. Um, but, you know, suddenly it, it comes around from a different way. Uh, you know, also, are you wanting, are you seeking to prepare your daughter to make wise choices? Like how important is that? Uh, rather than just giving her a yes or a no, how important is, you know, not always giving her the answer but um, empowering her to, to think about things? What, what role does that play in your parenting? That's most of the time, that is what I use with my daughters. Eh? I make them, when they ask for something, then I make them, I give them a few choices and I tell them to think about what they're asking for. 
and uh, how would they answer it if they were in my position, knowing the resources we have and knowing what they're asking for and figuring out whether that's a need or a want. And on a daily basis right now, is that something plausible? Mm -hmm. So when they think about it and they said, oh, okay, uh, yeah, you're right. Then maybe get me this instead. So they, they figured it out. Eh? So that's a very important uh, uh, tool that we use in our toolbox to teach these, uh, um, these uh, young men and young ladies eh? how to be able to see what, who, how to be able to have this insight. You know? And one of the things that we teach is using God's blueprint in our life. Because many times we use man's blueprint. And when we use man's blueprint, we are operating from a on the ground level. When we use God's blueprint, we are operating from an aerial level where we can see all aspects. And that's how we teach our how we teach the young boys and the young girls to make a decision that where you can see the effect, not only for you, or whoever's beside you, whether it affects the community, who does it affect, what does it do, and what is the greatest value. Or if it has no value then you might as well just leave it. Like you said, just say no, bother, and move on. And that's an important tool uh, for the young girls to have. And, you know, in reality, Leticia, like I said, the moms and dad are the greatest drama. They, we need to dramatize this in front of the kids. We need to be able to, um, like I, 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 I share with people, I said, you know, Christ didn't bring the message. He was the message. And for us parents, we need to, show the kids how we make decisions in our daily, daily lives. Eh? A daily bread is important on a daily basis, how we make the choices. Sometimes I cannot buy my new shirt because I have to buy my daughter's sandals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on a daily basis. Or sometimes I have to forfeit something so I can put food on the table. Mm -hmm. Or I have my friend, my daughters have to um, not uh, spend the weekend with their friends because there's a church function on a daily basis. And uh, that's where it really counts. Eh? Yeah. In the tiny little things. So, yeah, it sounds like to me, because I've had parents say, I told my daughter not to date and that, you know, keep herself pure and that Johnny was a bad boy. I told her and I told, you know, but they still did it. <laughs> <laughs> because um yeah it's one you, you just telling our children doesn't work it's you what you're doing is providing a kingdom environment for them to flourish for them to experiment for them to fail um but they know that they're loved and they're safe and that is so much more important than telling 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 um you know that might be a old fashioned uh, Fijian way, but it's it's not God's kingdom way. And I, and I love that when God um, put Adam and Eve in a garden, he still put the tree of good and evil. He still gave them a choice <laughs> and they made a wrong choice, which <laughs> he had to fix things um, and make a way out. But we're, we're not robots, are we? And our children, as you said, yep, there's that early years where there's yes and no, where you're really having to help shape them. But then you get to become their friends, help guide them and empower them, yeah. which is very different to a, a lot of the parenting. Um, yes. I think a lot, a lot of people parent out of fear, which is when you put the rules in. <laughs> yeah. 
the more you've got to control, that means the more fear you have in your life. Um, and then unfortunately, that drives a young generation away. You run um, and you've got a father and daughter camp coming up. So the Men's Empowerment Network, you run sessions for fathers, but you do father-son camps, father-daughter camps. On the father-daughter camp, what, what sort of activities are you doing? Um, the, these activities, like uh, like I said, we first we are looking at a three-day uh, camp, three nights or, or two nights, three days. Eh? So... We train, first of all, we train more activities. We'll be teaching the men on how their relationship is to their daughters. And then daughters, teaching them about themselves. So we don't teach them together all the time. Then we bring them together. There are topics that we bring them together and topics that we teach them separately. And most of our, all of our training sessions are three stages. Eh? We started the Robovo camp uh, and then COVID hit. So we followed up the second stage. We didn't get the third stage done. But one of the one of the key factors about programs is many programs they implemented, but there's no follow up. Mm-hmm. So when there's the failure to follow up, it's so good on the first time, and then no one follows up. So when we're talking about fathers and daughters, we train them separately on the in the same camp. Then they then we train them together. Then we have another session with them so that we can assess how far they have. Uh, in, uh, how well they have uh, um, uh, conducted what we've been talking about. Then they come back and they share. And it's the, in their feedback that strengthens our, what shall I say, our methodology. So we can use that to strengthen us for the next workshops. But again, what I always, um, always say that uh, when we're talking about fathers and daughters, most of the things, some of the things, majority of things that I'm talking about here is what we teach. At, uh, at these camps. Eh? And for us, the men empowerment, I think it's important to note that um, uh, our perspective is we use what we call God's blueprint um, because we don't approach it. We are called the men empowerment network, but it's not all about the men uh, because if we approach it just from the man's perspective, then we become offensive and uh, we're thinking of our own self. So our main purpose here is the family how we can teach all aspects of the family, fathers, mothers, daughters, sons, and empowering them so that they can know and understand that it's not a competition. We actually complement one another. Males and females complement one another. And, you know, like in, 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 your, uh, in your case, you know, it's beautiful because some people think that being single uh, you know, I, I'm i not single, so I'm single, still single now. So, you know, I've missed the, uh, the time for me to get married. But in God's word, it says everybody is meant. Some are meant to be single. Some are meant to be married. Again, it's not a competition. Single life and married life complement each other. And when we take it from that perspective, when we take it from that perception, it's not uh, what you do, I will do it also. It's like you do that and I'll do this and we'll get there kind of approach eh? absolutely yeah. we've all got to work together <laughs> yeah yeah we've got to work together um so if people want to know more about your programs and your sessions they can contact you through facebook the men's empowerment network get on facebook like their page you have a youtube channel as well um but you do amazing work i i love just the simplicity of what you've shared with us today getting in the space 
of our daughters having conversations, teaching them how to discern uh, the good guys from the bad guys, <laughs> modeling um how a man should treat a woman with your wife every day you're modeling so um it's just life isn't it it doesn't always have to be big programs so uh thank you so much paul and we shall get you back another week and talk about the sons because they have different needs and um there's different ways that you interact and converse with sons as well uh, any final last words that you'd like to say on this topic um, yeah, um, uh, final words, I, I guess, you know, what I would like to say is that uh, for fathers out there who are listening, um, um, you know, you are, many of them ask, when is the best time to change and when is the best time? If you haven't done this, you know, the best time is now. Start, start, you know, make a choice. And after you've made that choice, the next steps after that is clear. Because when you become, when you choose to be more involved in your daughter's life, in your wife's life, in your family's life, this will eliminate the unnecessary. So I encourage all men, you know, love your your daughters and love your wives as, as you know, as the word of God says, you know, uh, uh, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. And, and how much did Christ love the church? He died for the church. So I challenge those men out there, are you willing to die for your, for your wives and your daughters out there? Um, get involved, you know, you know, um, because the decisions and the actions we do today has an effect on them eternally. It's an eternal effect. It's not something that can be wiped out, but it's an eternal effect. So I encourage all men, you know, we, we can do it, you know, we can do it. Thank you, Leticia, for having me. Thank you, Paul. That's brilliant. I see your suffering, I see the pain beneath that bull of smile. Come out from hiding, the sun is rising. Let the islands hear resolve.